Hello and welcome to Colony Drop. My name is Brian. My name is Isaac. And this is a podcast about the long-running anime series Mobile Suit Gundam. Where we cover everything Gundam, from the models, to the manga, to the novels, to the movies, to everything related to the entire meta-genre. So Isaac, I feel like we've tackled some some in-depth, heavy-hitting topics lately. So I yeah. think, what, what are we going to do today? Maybe something a little simpler? Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Brian, we're like so into Gundam that we can get all caught up in talking about the upcoming movie or, you know, our favorite episodes and all that. But why don't we kind of boil it down and talk about our favorite mobile suits, like maybe our top five from the one year war? Top five from the one year war. I think that's a great idea because do it. I think and I'm pretty, pretty sure Gundam fans would agree that you can draw a lot of conclusions about a person based on their taste in mobile suits. <laughs> can you? Is this like a, <laughs> is this like a psychology, I, like a Rorschach test kind oh, of? Oh, <laughs> I, I think, I think it totally is. You don't think we're gonna give our top five here, and and the listeners are gonna totally judge us? I imagine they will. Now, just think about it. Well, one hundred percent. You could be judged about anything on the internet. So yeah, not, yeah. We're gonna just revealing mobile suits will. Will provide a psychological profile, but if you if you want to do an analysis, if you're listening <laughs> to this and you want to do an analysis on us based on our mobile suit selections, go for it. Please leave it in the comments. I'd <laughs> love to hear it. <laughs> okay, so before we start, I think we should make some predictions. Oh, so okay. maybe if you've listened to a few episodes at this point, Isaac is a very staunch Zeon supporter. Victor I'm, <laughs> I am maybe more in the middle, probably leaning Federation. Hang on, let me cut you off right there. <laughs> There's no way you you have like a foot in Zeon's camp at all. You might have like a few of the small toes, but that's about. It. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. So so how about this? Tell me how many Zeon and Federation suits you think are going to be on my list out of five. Okay, out of five on your list, I'll say three Federation, two Zeon. Two Zeon. Okay, and for you, I'm gonna say all five Zeon. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I you got me. <laughs> I don't think there's a shred of Federation respect in there. Not no, one iota. But, hang on. Let me let me defend myself just for a little bit. All right. And rem- let me remind listeners that we're only selecting mobile suits from the one-year war. The one mobile suit from the Federation that I wanted to include on my list, but I actually couldn't because from 0083, mm. was the Jim Cannon. Oh. Mm. I always liked those. Those were so fun in 0083. They just a good mid-range mobile suit with pretty powerful weapons, and I even liked how they look with the armor. You know, that kind of bulky armor that they run around in. Like a scaled-down version of the the Alex the the, the RX-78 yeah. NT1 Chabam armor. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, yeah, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you got me. You, you so won I, the jackpot. It's all yep, it's all, all for me. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> You were you were that easy to read. Well, I'll I'll tell you you were incorrect. There are actually three Zeon suits on mine and two uh, Federation suits. Let me just say that that says a lot about Zeon because yeah, God bless the Federation and their fight to not be destroyed by a a genocidal uh, maniac. <laughs> but um, their you know their their mobile suits are just so uniform. So oh, we'll have the the gym space and then we'll have the gym ground and then the gym water. <laughs> Yep. But Xeon will pump out eight different mobile suits for water. <laughs> they all look different. <laughs> they all work differently, and it doesn't matter. The Federation wipes them out because they didn't build enough. <laughs> That's probably why I don't have more Federation suits on my on my list. They're a bit samey. 
right? Yeah, you 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 almost need UC to go on longer to start seeing like the Federation experimenting. Yeah. Totally. I think you're right. 0083 maybe had some the, the first hint of maybe some some cooler things. Yeah, definitely. But um, as far as this list goes, how should we do this, Brian? You want to start from five to our most favorite, or start with our top choice, number one, and then go all the way down? So I think what we do is first we start with maybe an honorable mention, Ooh. and then we we go from least favorite to most favorite. We got to build it up, okay. you know. All right. I'll give you the last word on everything, so I'll, I'll go first with my uh, sure. my honorable mention. So my honorable mention, like you said, there's a lot of different GMs, and I felt like I didn't want to be too samey by putting too many GMs on my list, but there was one that I really liked, which I thought was maybe the best looking of the, what I would say the, the normal looking GM is, and that is the GM cold climate type, which was hmm. seen in 0080. Um, it had a really nice green visor, which I thought was really cool. And I don't know, just for whatever reason, that particular iteration of it, I think, looks looks really neat. Um, but it was a little bland, so I, I didn't feel like it was good enough to be on a on a top five. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. I didn't. Am I wrong? Maybe I'm thinking of a different mobile suit. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of ones from uh, Gundam X. But was that a mobile suit that had like leg warmers? <laughs> <laughs> leg no. warmers no okay um, it, it must be from gundam x there was a mobile suit that was like a cold cold climate type i think in gundam x or something and i mean it came out in the 80s so they put leg warmers on it. Leg warm- <laughs> no there there are no there are no leg warmers on this suit <laughs> abandoned the I, technology <laughs> i double checked okay good all you leg warmer fans you can uh, you can stop listening now <laughs> but i'm sure you just gave a xeon engineer somewhere a good idea and, yeah, and they'll, well, they'll pump out a prototype with, with with leg warmers hey man they live in space they're not used to slow <laughs> it's new technology to them <laughs> does my 0083 jim cannon count as the oh, probably yeah okay. uh, well yeah i mean mine, mine was definitely within the one year war okay. but if you want to use that i'm i'm fine with that yeah, technically, before you blow up in the comments, purists, yeah, I know 0083 is not the one-year war, but let's just assume that it was on the someone's blueprint board or design board during the one-year war, right? Yeah. It's a it's a gym where they just put two cans on the shoulders and then, <laughs> you know, slapped on some armor and sent like, it out. It's, it wasn't yeah. a huge leap in design, but it's just, it's pretty effective, I think. Those Federation engineers, they're, they're not the most creative. They had a GM and they had a gun cannon in there, and some guy was like, oh, maybe we'll just save money and make one instead. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Should we move up the list towards number one, or do we move yeah, down yeah. the list? Okay, no, we'll move, let's do move it. up the list. So this would be my, my number five. This, this might be considered a cop-out pick, but my number five is going to be just the original RX-78-2 Gundam from the original Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, piloted by Amuro Ray. This suit obviously started it all. But I knew Isaac wasn't going to put it on his list, no. so I, I felt like it had to go on my list if it was going to make the list at all. And so, you know, because it started it all, I felt like it, it deserved to be on this list. And I think there's a lot of good reasons, just beyond it being the original. Um, so one, it has a lot of weapons that became iconic for the whole series. The beam rifle, the beam saber, even the look of the shield became very like iconic yeah. and it even has that crazy beam javelin like that was one of those you know like weirder weapons that it used in some of the episodes um in, <laughs> it, in addition to that ball and chain i don't even remember why they were using that like but it was pretty it's, cool it's in some an experimental shot. unit come on they're gonna yes yeah. slap on anything they think might work yeah plus they need i'm sure they needed some like 
you know, accessories to sell toys. But yeah. but I, I think sometimes that beam javelin was pretty neat. Like there were some of those episodes where Amuro would land on a on a Zeon ship and he would just like shove the javelin into the ship and then just walk along the ship and like <laughs> and just drag a hole into the ship and it, you know it would blow up and then he would just fly away and do it to another ship, which is pretty pretty fun. It's you know it created a lot of iconic poses. There's that one shot from the, I think the first episode where he where Amuro cuts the Zaku in half, where he's like you know lunging forward and then the Zaku is cut in half behind him with the with the beam saber. That's been copied a million times. And then you have that final shot at the end of the the last episode, or it has to be maybe the next to the last episode where the um, uh, the head has been blown off by the Ziong and the you know the Gundam walks up and, and shoots and blows up the Ziong head. That's a real iconic pose as well. I think it's just everyone calls it the final final shot. Uh, I'm not sure which colors I prefer, um, the normal or maybe the darker G3 colors. The normal colors are certainly pretty bright and eye-popping. You know, they're very late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And again, I think we, we mentioned briefly, I don't I don't think that was how Tamino wanted it to be colored. I think he wanted it maybe some more realistic colors. But the, the original yeah. is the original, so... Colors sell. <laughs> white, blue, red, and, and yellow. You know, there, there were a lot of other... Gundams in the One Year War. There were the, there was a Ground Gundam. There were the other RX-78 variants that were in some of the side stories. There was like the mm. units units four, five, and six. Um, four and five were like blue and and orange. I think I think Unit Six, which was like Gundam Mudrock. But I didn't I didn't want to be go too deep into the side stories. And those those designs seemed a little try hard to me. And so yeah, I, I feel like the originals just. It's the original and deserves to be on this list. And it does make me wonder how they'll color it, assuming the movie adapts the one-year war time frame. Do you think they'll keep the, the bright colors from the RX-78-2, or do you think we'll maybe see some a muted palette? It might be not necessarily the same shades of red and blue and yellow, but I think we will generally see that the same color scheme. Yeah, too iconic. They have to match already what they've built up what exists in almost every other series this one movie coming out just so that it visually looks like a it still stays recognizably gundam yeah i agree i'm well i definitely think the blue is gonna stay i'm pretty sure a lot of the red accents are gonna stay i don't know if those yellow vents are gonna stay though those are pretty bright so yeah i think they'll dial it back pale, yeah, yeah pale yellow or something yeah yeah, but I can see it happening. But yeah, yeah, I apologize, listeners, that the Gundam is our number five choice <laughs> on one of our lists. But you know what? In our way, in our own way, the Gundam will always be at at the top of the list. It'll be beyond one, above one, whatever's above one. <laughs> yeah, the, the platinum rank. All right. So what's your number five? Well, what I read about this mobile suit was that it was originally intended, if not existed, as a match for the Gundam. Now, I'm not sure if that's how... Well, that's clearly not how things really worked out in the show, but I I would bet money that it is far more high-performing than any GM. Well, maybe not some souped-up ace ones, but most any other GM or Federation mobile suit. And it is the one, the only, Gelgoog. Ah, uh, the Gelgoog. Yeah. What I like about the Galgoo, besides its look, you know, it's got a pretty predatory look. Like, it's got that fin on its head, so it's kind of like a, a shark or a dinosaur or something. <laughs> and um, <laughs> pretty unique oh, face, sh- too. Oh, sh- it's a shark. <laughs> Fins mean danger. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I like that it's got a pretty unique face, you know, almost like a, a hound kind of. 
you know, Zakus look like pigs and Zeon those mobile suits don't necessarily have kind of faces, but this one looks kind of pretty more animalistic, more predatory, I always thought. I also like that it has built-in guns. I guess Zeon finally learned from the Gundam that it's good to have some built-in weapons. <laughs> <laughs> so it has those forearm cannons that seem pretty effective. It wasn't in every episode, and it didn't really show up till later in the series, but um, it's it's a pretty much a beast. That's a respectable yeah. pick. We we may revisit the Gelgoog a little later in my Ooh. list as well. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Next number, number four, right? Number four. Uh, so my number four is the Kempfer from uh, oh. Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. So this was a prototype mobile suit piloted by Mikhail Kaminsky of the Cyclops team. It's very unique. I would call it strikingly badass. The, the, yeah. That, that would be my first reaction when you look at it. I don't know anyone who doesn't like the look of the Kempfer. I mean, people may disagree with the Gundam or the Zaku or the Gelgu. You'll, you'll get all your detractors there. But I've never seen someone say, man, that is ugly. Like, I don't like that. I feel like everyone loves the Kempfer. And yeah. um, it's this really cool deep blue with just all these little, like, yellow like thrusters everywhere. It's built for mobility. It has very low armor, as as yeah. you as you'll see if you watch the, as the, the pilot the show. discovered. <laughs> but this thing is loaded from top to bottom with weapons. It's got two to four bazookas. It's yeah. got two shotguns, two sturmfosts, uh, which are basically handheld rockets. It's got uh, sick-looking yellow beam savers, and it has that really cool anti-armor chain mine. Yeah. yeah. So you can tell it's it's a suit that's dedicated to one task. And that task is not meant for it to come back. It, it, it is meant for a suicide mission, and that's basically what it was. So the, the Kempfer was in 0080. Uh, the Cyclops team, their job was to find and destroy the uh, basically the successor to the Gundam that Amra was piloting. The Gundam Alex. Yeah. This guy, uh, Mikhail, he basically takes on the entire Scarlet team from the Grey Phantom. Uh, the Grey Phantom is a Pegasus-class uh, ship. Um, that gets gets sent into that colony where the the Alex is being being developed, and cool. basically all the alarms sound when the Kempfer comes out, and and all these mobile suits fly out of the Gray Phantom to go to go defend the Alex. But Mikhail over here in the Kempfer just blows them all away. He takes a gun cannon out <laughs> of the sky with a shotgun. He switches to the Sturmfaust or Foss or however you say that, and he takes out two more GMs, and then he blows up another one with a bazooka. So this thing is like the John Wick of Zeon. Like he just mows down. <laughs> like he That's just pretty mows, great. Yeah, he just mows down everything in his path with whatever weapon he has, and he ditches it as soon as he runs out of ammo. And then he, he finally gets to that great moment where he uh they, he finds the Alex and he pulls that chain mine out of the truck and yeah. he wraps it up and he blow and he you know hits a switch and, and the explosion goes off and you know if it wasn't for that Chaba armor, Zeon would have would have ruled the day. But he ended up getting hit by those arm gatling guns and that that light armor that turn, turns out that's not a good thing when you fight a gundam so it was it was a great ride in his defense though and in defense of the design team for the confer he was inebriated during combat <laughs> he, he was all right he was if we had a sober pilot things might have turned out differently <laughs> we'll never know overall great showing excellent job zeon design team i, I think that was zimmond or maybe it was Zionic. I'm going to go with the Zionic. Yeah. <laughs> um, as luck would have it, my number four is also the Comfer. Oh. Yay. You know, it might be the only time we see a mobile suit use shotguns. 
right? I don't remember I mean, any other times. Yeah. Um, they definitely there. probably wouldn't use them in space, I would imagine. So it would definitely have to be either in a colony or on Earth. Yeah. Well, I think uh, they were beam shotguns or something. Oh, maybe not. They were yeah. shotguns. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were cool. They were like pump action, right? Yeah. So. To exemplify just how strong this mobile suit was, this prototype suit, by the way, it not only took out all of the Federation mobile suits, but destroyed the Gray Phantom. So. Uh, I don't believe that's true. It didn't. Did not. The reason the Gray Phantom is interesting. So the Gray Phantom first shows up in 0080. All of its suits get wiped out by the by the Kemper. So fine, great. But bad day for the Gray Phantom, I guess. But of course, the, yeah, the, sh- the ship survived. <laughs> and um, it it was actually at the naval assembly when Ga- when oh, Gato nuked God. everyone in 0083. <laughs> the luck <laughs> of that ship. <laughs> but the Gray Phantom apparently survives the naval review. I guess it's damaged. Of course. And it then shows up apparently in Unicorn. That's pretty cool if it does. The point uh, of the war. Yeah. yeah. At some unknown later point, it crashed on Earth. Its wreckage served as the base for Xeon remnants that launched an attack on Australia's Torrington base in UC-96. So I assume... Oh, as a husk. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. How sad. What a sad ending to the Great fan. It just... It ultimately fell to Xeon. Okay. Maybe that was something else. Maybe that was a battle outside then. The Gelgoos and all that and the, the other fleet. But anyways, man, it was such a beast. If only they were mass-produced. From what I read, the plan was that these would be the Special Forces mobile suits, which had the one-year war continued, had it gone to the two-year war. Um, (laughs) And it was actually modular. So Xeon's plan, I assume, was that these could be separated and easily reassembled behind enemy lines. So maybe Xeon was planning a guerrilla war to continue the fight. Mm. That didn't really continue. I mean, they do kind of build the, the mobile suit on the spot. So, yeah. What could have been, right, Brian? We what, could have had a camper. could have been? Yeah, and like you said, I don't think there were very many of them. I did read that I think the one in 0080 was the second iteration of the Kempfer. There was some prototypes that maybe appeared in a, in a manga, maybe after the fact, after 0080 came out, kind of retcon kind of thing. And then there was some, maybe one used like later on as like a remnant suit. But I think the one everyone knows and loves is the is the one from 0080. So yeah, it's a nice blue. It's a good, not a royal blue, not a navy. It's just a no, solid just, blue. Yeah, it's this nice deep deep blue. Yeah. I, I don't know. Police officer uniform blue. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, moving up the list here, number three. So my number three is the Guf Custom from Eighth MS Team. Ah, what a beast. Yeah. So the Guff Custom is basically a customized version of the the normal Guff, which we originally saw in Mobile Suit Gundam. And even when you see the Guff in Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, at this point, Amuro's kind of been smacking around the Zakus uh, quite a bit, and he's maybe getting a little <laughs> little too powerful. And then, you know, you enter Ramba Rao and his, and his Guff, and right away you know that, oh no, this, this suit is trouble. It's got like a different spike design on the shoulders, and it's got a different color. Yeah. I mean, he even spells it out for you, right, in the show. He goes, this is Nozaku, boy, Nozaku, which is a, a <laughs> meme line now that's been repeated on everything, put on t-shirts. But, you know, that was back in 1979, so in the 8th MS team, this they took the goof and sort of modernized its design and man, did they just knock it out of the park. One, they gave it to this really cool ace pilot in the series. He basically served as like the final boss for the 8th MS team, uh, Norris Packard. He comes out in this goof custom to basically protect a Zeon or ensure that a Zeon um, 
a Zanzibar class uh, shuttle can launch. The whole fight may be one of the one of the best fights in all of Gundam anime. Well, first of all, I guess I should say that the Guf's normal whip and machine gun um, have been replaced by this mounted Gatling gun and like a grapple cable. And so Norris he jumps out of the elevator and he lands on a building in front of the sun. And so you can see the silhouette with his like huge Guf sword, which is which is really iconic. Uh, <laughs> he then you know, he stabs the gun tank with his one of the gun tanks uh, with his sword and like the oil splashes on the goof's face like blood. And that, that shows up in all the promos, which is really cool. He disables the leader of the eight teams uh, suit, uh, the easy eight, and he holds it up as a as a shield. And so that the eight team can't fire on him and he kind of just walks around. <laughs> He's like, what are you going to do now? And uh, the whole fight was great. He used that cable to latch onto a water tower and like slow his descent into a building so they couldn't predict where he would be. He shot at the floor to stir up like dust instead of just uh, you know running out in the open. And then at the end, he, he you know spoilers I guess he sacrifices himself to kill the last gun tank so that to ensure that 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 shuttle would would launch. But and the shuttle did launch eventually, but it did get shot out of the sky, which is pretty unfortunate for for Norris. But yeah, I, I think maybe one of the best fights ever. So yeah, I mean, all right, if we're gonna pick one of the goofs, it's gonna be that one. On my list is a little known mobile suit. It made its appearance in Unicorn, but it was actually an ancient, well, not ancient, but it was from Xeon in the One Year War, not Neo Xeon, not the sleeves. It was just brought back into action, and we saw it fight in Unicorn. And it is a mobile suit by the name of the Juagu. The Juagu? <laughs> the Juagu. <laughs> now, fans are probably like, whoa, what the heck is that? All right. I need you to picture like a. <laughs> An elephant wearing a sombrero, because <laughs> it's got like this long kind of nose. It's, it's all right. Think of Xeon's aquatic mobile suits. It looks a lot like that. So it's got like these very unusual features: these long kind of arms, a long kind of elephant snout. I assume that does some type of water filtration or something like that. And it's just kind of a beast. It shoots missiles out of its fingers, and it's got these these six lasers on its chest that just turned a GM and a Swiss cheese. It was pretty <laughs> It was pretty awesome when it showed up. Uh, like lots of old Xeon mobile suits, though, it, it doesn't really last too well fighting, you know, multiple waves of, of GMs. But um, I really like the look of it. It'd be a good mid-range unit. I imagine, yeah, Xeon never really made mid-range units like gym cannons or gun cannons. I guess this is the one that they, they tried to make and see if it worked, but they probably didn't produce enough or the war just ended before they could start mass producing them but i like it yeah i'm looking at this thing right now yeah and i gotta say i i think i remember it now wow <laughs> this is some design work right here it reminds me of like a uh like an improved gog or something something like that yeah i i imagine many uh, a gym pilot was marching around and they saw this thing and they maybe reacted a second too late because they were just stunned by its appearance <laughs> What it's, is that? <laughs> it is definitely very off-putting. If I was a gym gym pilot, I would probably fly the other way. You would be stunned or or intimidated, one uh, or the other. Both, yeah. Yeah. So, are you telling me that every one of its can we call those fingers? Yeah. Like, are, is each one of those like a beam cannon? No, those are missile tubes. Oh, oh, its, oh, that's even better. Yeah, on its chest though, there's uh those there's beam cannons there. Oh, yep. Does it fire anything out of its elephant snout? I don't think so. See, I, I assume that that was some type of 
filtration system oh, yeah. in the water, maybe to allow the pilot to do extended operations or some type of cooling system. But it doesn't seem to be maybe the best design. That's, that that would be its main design flaw, I would assume. <laughs> Just a, a snout kind of flapping in front of its chest. Then again, that can probably take ammo or that could take hits before incoming enemy fire actually hits the, the chest area of the cockpit. So maybe it was a wise decision. <laughs> That's the unstopgap method. They're like, well, you can't have a shield, but we'll put this thing that kind of dangles in front of the carpet. <laughs> so just some extra padding, extra armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading about it right now. On uh, MHQ, it says that these were developed for the one-year war, but never never deployed. And oh. uh, they kind of just sat there. They they were meant to be used in the uh, invasion of, of Jabra, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, they, they threw every aquatic they, thing they had at Jabra. <laughs> But apparently Shar Shar discovered the secret entrance uh, too too soon, and they, so they they just these things basically just sat there for 20 I years. Bet, I bet they did, and then they show up in Unicorn, and it turns out the the engineering team did a pretty good job because they, they <laughs> maybe they should <laughs> maybe they should have used them earlier. Probably, yeah. Uh, Can you imagine how like this was some engineer's life's work, and. Yeah. You know, Bob Jagwell. Yeah, yeah. Jua, what is it? Juagu. Juagu. Yeah. Bob Juagu. Bob, Bob Juagu made this, and then they just never launched it. Dude probably spent five years of his life on this mm. thing. He, he was probably cheering from his nursing home, watching uh, <laughs> watching the sleeves attack in Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> Finally, the Juagu like, gets its day. He's like, it's awesome. <laughs> Did they make a Juagu. There's model? no way. There's no way they made a model. <laughs> they do well. They make a one the one forty fourth scale. Doesn't look like they make a master grade. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Let this me know when they make a master grade. Only podcast. I don't now. think we're ever gonna see a master grade Juagu. No, but I get to enjoy it having one of the best combat scenes in Gundam Unicorn when it just turns that poor GM pilot into <laughs> into salami. <laughs> well, I will say there's there is hope for a 100th scale. Um, there is that other line now called like I think re re 100th scale. It's like. Sure. Not quite as good as Master Grade, and it's meant for suits that maybe wouldn't sell quite as well at yeah. the Master Grade level, and so they price it lower. So maybe one day you'll get a, a re 100. Maybe I'd Juwaku. be happy with I'd be happy with just a I don't know a quality action figure or something. <laughs> <laughs> I even like the colors. You know, it's it's rare for Zeon to to go more towards lighter colors like that. For your listeners that aren't aware, it's kind of a copper white. Yeah, very earth tones. So pretty light as far as Zeon goes. I mean, those are kind of Federation desert colors almost. Yeah, that thing is terrifying. I'm going to have nightmares now. <laughs> it's an elephant of anger and hate. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That was, uh, that was number I three, right? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I did not see the Juagu coming. <laughs> it briefly through my mind, I was like, did I watch all of the series? I, I think I did. The Juagu. Wow. All right. So that was number three, right? Correct. On to number two. What right. is it, Brian? All right. My number two is the Gelgoog. Um, so the Gelgoog has returned. Um, so I guess I would say it's the Gelgoog in general, but probably specifically the high mobility and like cannon type versions piloted by the the Chimera Corps pilots. Oh. Probably specifically the one I like the most is is the one is the red and black one piloted by Johnny Ryden. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like like Isaac said earlier, uh, the the Gelgu was it was equal or better to the Gundam, and that was the, the whole point of Zeon making this this thing. The the only problem was it was too little, too late at that point. 
there were too many gyms running around for for them to ever sort of pump out enough Gelgoogs to work. Plus, I think all the great Xeon pilots, besides maybe some of the Ace pilots, had died. So even though they had this Gelgoog, they were giving it to these people who really didn't know what they were doing. So didn't really end up changing the war. But the main reason I like this suit is I'm a sucker for Ace pilot suits in custom colors. Seems like every ace pilot had one of these things. Shar used one. He had a pink and red one in the later episodes of uh, the original series. Johnny Ryden used one in uh, the one-shot manga where he clears a path for uh, Cassilia to take off at the uh, at the Battle of uh, Bawaku. <clears throat> and there's a great shot of him at the end in his Gelgoog, which is like still intact. It's got some damage, but he's he's picked up a Heat Hawk from a stray Zaku, and he's just surrounded by all these GMs that he destroyed. Um, so I just really enjoyed that. And uh, you know, Isaac, one of your your favorite pilots, had one. Gato used one. Uh, he had a, a sweet looking blue green one. Shima had one in Double Eighty Three. Yeah. I think that one was a like a Gelgu. It was slightly different. It was a Gelgu like commander type, um, but it was yeah. yellow and purple. The Gelgu Marines. That was her fleet. Yeah. They had the Gelgu Marines. But like one of my goals is to get enough master grade Gelgu so I can make my own like Chimera Core section. Wow. Oh, that's a great so I, goal. Yeah, I have four of them right now. I, it just requires a lot of painting because, um, you know, they yeah. obviously don't come in all the custom custom colors. Plus, the Gelgu has one of the most unique beam weapons out of the series, the Beam Naginata. I think oh, I'm pronouncing God. that right. Yeah. Um, they must have like a wrist twirl thing so they can spin that Beam <laughs> Naginata. Do you remember that in the original series? I don't remember it in the original yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I mean, I put together a model of a Gogu, but I know it had that bizarre weapon. Yes, <laughs> but I don't remember specifically. It, you know, turning into a, a Darth Maul fighting the Gundam <laughs> like that. Uh, like you said before, it's very menacing. Visually, it feels like the final evolution of the Zeon One Year War mobile suits to me. Yeah, you know, you went from the Zaku to the more menacing Goof to the the more menacing looking Dom, and then you round it out with this, like you said, this shark looking space suit. In the in the Gelgu, which is pretty pretty terrifying. So just that's, yeah, that's just a mean looking suit. I mean, if you think Zaku's look like pigs, this thing looks like something that probably hunts pigs. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like the king the king space pig. Yeah, the king space pig. <laughs> That'll be the name of my flagship for Z. <laughs> king space, space pig. pig. <laughs> yeah, it's full of Juagus. <laughs> Juagu space type. <laughs> Just a cumbersome pride of elephants <laughs> running around. Shouldn't, wouldn't the Juagu be more maneuverable in space? Because it's, you know, it's, Probably. it's there's no gravity, right? So yeah, maybe they should adapt that thing. <laughs> they clearly didn't plan things correctly. <laughs> I mean, Jabra went went to, sh- and then after that, they clearly abandoned them on Earth and said, "Well, just just find some place to hide, guys." <laughs> that was well. my number two. Well, my number two is the one and only, the workhorse of Xeon. You know it. It's the Zaku 2. It's nothing flashy. It's nothing fancy. But, man, it's bulky. And it uh, it could still give GMs a run for their money, even at the end of the war. Okay? Xeon was still fielding these. They were pretty old. But what can you do? The war's almost over. <laughs> heat Hawks were pretty awesome. I don't think any other units really, or at least for Xeon, really used Heat Hawks. Um, well, I won't say that. I think I've seen a Gelgu use them sometimes, but Gelgu's, I think he preferred 
saber weapons. Mm. Gelgoog's definitely came equipped with the beam sabers, not the heat yeah. hawks. I think that one shot of Raiden using the heat hawk in a Gelgoog is only because he picked it up. <laughs> a destroyed Gelgoog. Yeah, it was destroyed Zaku, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but Zaku's were still pretty awesome. I mean, it's such a good visual design. They got the cool shield on one side and then the spiked shoulder pauldron on the other side, shoulder pad on the other side. That shielded shoulder never really did much help. <laughs> Well, maybe they're fighting like a tank or something. It, it probably worked out pretty great, but against a GM, it, it's next to useless. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I, I, you're right. I don't think the shield ever really did much. The, the Zaku was not built to fight the Gundam, right? Against like the the Federation fighters and tanks, it probably could have just ran them over and yeah, felt like a speed bump. Did. And let me just say, I'm saying my choice is the Zaku two, not the Zaku one. Not the Zaku Kai. I don't like the Zaku Kai <laughs> because, I don't know, it looks like a football player Gundam or something, or a football player Zaku or something. It's got like a big kind of shoulder, chest. It just looks warped. It's got like kind of a, an inflated upper body that I don't really care for too much compared to the regular Zaku 2. Yeah, so that was actually going to be my next question. Did did you have a favorite variant? So just the normal Zaku 2 then? I'd say the space type. The space, space type is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Zaku Kai is the one from 0080, I think, right? Yeah. That's the one yeah. Bernie pilots. Yeah. Bernie, poor guy. I, I definitely <laughs> see what you're saying about the upper torso. I feel like they changed por- not only the proportions of the upper torso, but also I feel like they changed the head height relative to the shoulders. And I think maybe the head sits a little bit lower. Yeah. It's and maybe that's... Supposed yeah. To, yeah, it's supposed to perform better, but I, visually I think it was not a good look. Painting that cockpit door red wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> execute that execute that designer <laughs> yeah, you know batman does that right with his emblem he, he it's yellow because that's where he has the most armor on his suit i don't know that that's true for the zakus the, the opposite is true for the zaku <laughs> yeah they should like paint their shoulders like the brightest color then <laughs> yeah i think the original gundam certainly deserves to be on this list and the zaku 2 is just as iconic as the original gundam so i, I think choosing the zaku is a good choice for this list Absolutely. Even its gun is pretty iconic. That that rounded machine gun with its its round magazine that it has. It's mm-hmm. a pretty iconic look. It wasn't until later in the war that Zion got the the Zaku's got that much cooler looking machine gun. It's just got a cool look overall, I think, and was always fun watching them on screen, even if they're about to be smashed or destroyed <laughs> or cut in half with the as the pilot screams. <laughs> hey, you know what? They never ran out of those things though. Zaku's for days. I imagine the Republic of Zeon had a <laughs> small number of them left after the war as their local security. <laughs> How did you? So you did not like the Zaku one. For me, what what draws me away is it has like that rod in the middle of its its optical sensor, mm. and I I just never understood why that exists. The whole point of that sensor is to see why would you put something right down the middle. <laughs> Fair point. I know, Fair point. I know it's kind of an early model, but come on. Maybe an obvious design flaw? I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> if we had problems on day one over at Zeon. <laughs> Do you have any favorite uh, colors of the Zaku 2? Because it's sort of like the Gelgoog. Before everyone had a custom Gelgoog colors, they all had mm-hmm. custom Zaku colors. So, you know, Johnny Raiden had a red and black one. Char had a red one. Shin Matsunaga had a white one. You know, uh, the Black Tri-Stars had the black and purple ones or whatever. You know, I'm I'm kind of a purist in that the green looks really good, but in 8th MS team, there's these airborne mobility Zakus, and 
they have like these really cool wings, these sort of vertical wings on their shoulder pads, and they fly around escorting a, a mobile armor in that show. Um, they look pretty awesome. They were almost black tristar colors. I think they were more like a lavender black or lavender dark purple. Mm. They, they look they look pretty good at that color. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. All right, classic green. Nothing wrong right. with that. Well, see you on all the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we've arrived at uh, number one. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Trouble. Any, any guesses? As to, I know what your number one is. I mean, it's, of course. it's pretty obvious. Of course. So I'm, <laughs> can you can you guess mine now? Based yeah, on what I've said? I think I can. Okay, I think what is I can. It? Okay, shot in the dark. I'm gonna say it's the Jim Sniper. You are correct. Well, it's the it's the Jim Ooh. Sniper two. It's oh. Jim Sniper 2, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgive they, me. They they do look considerably different. So, sure. yes, my number one pick is the Jim Sniper 2. Both color schemes are great, but specifically the white dingo color scheme. Um, the Jim Sniper 2 is the most powerful GM built in the one-year war. They just didn't make very many. Same story with all the suits that there was not enough time, and they, they made it, but then the, year, the war ended, and then there was just no point in making more of them. So... Specifically, the white dingo color version, which is a, a white and deep blue color scheme with a very sharp-looking green visor. Uh, I think that's the cleanest color scheme of any Federation suit from the One Year War. And I think that the white and the deep blue contrast perfectly, especially with that, that nice green visor at the top. And it has this really cool like sniper visor that then folds down over. It was so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> And so there's not very many of these things. There were at least two, maybe more, it's hard to tell, uh, on board that the Grey Phantom, which is the ship we just talked about earlier, yeah. <clears throat> that the, the Kempfer blew up all their mobile suits. But So then I started reading about the Grey Phantom. So <clears throat> these these uh, GM Sniper 2s were on board the Grey Phantom. They flew out to uh, defend Alex. All the reports say that the Kempfer wiped out <laughs> all of the Grey Phantom's mobile suits. So that would mean that the Kempfer destroyed all the GM Sniper 2s yeah. that the Grey Phantom was carrying. Now, they only show in, in the in the TV series, the Kempfer only, we only see him take out two of them. Um, and there is actually an animation error. So when the GM Sniper 2s launch out of the Grey Phantom, they look like GM Sniper 2s. They're using the default color scheme, which is like a light blue and a dark blue. But then when the when the Kempfer shoots them down, they look like normal GMs or GM commands. That has like the white and maybe like navy color scheme. Some mm-hmm. people probably know that. So they look like Jim Sniper 2s. They're just the coloring is wrong. So it's a quirky animation error, actually. I feel like oh. they would have fixed it by now. But the GM Sniper 2 is probably most famous for being in the Dreamcast game, which was called Mobile Suit Gundam Side Story 0079, Rise from the Ashes. And that is where the protagonist team in that game, the White Dingo team, I've never actually played the game, didn't have Dreamcast, but I, as I understand it, it's one of the later units that you can unlock, uh, which makes sense. It's the most powerful GM in the war, so you probably wouldn't get it until the end. And the, the White Dingo team is basically an elite Federation team that was uh, sent in to take back Australia from Xeon. It seems like maybe... <laughs> Federation can have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's there? I, I After Sydney. <laughs> you're right. I, I'm not sure really why you need it. I feel like you would have taken those ace pilots and maybe... Sent them over to, to Solomon and Baoku, but that, yeah. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, if you think about it, you got all these like crappy GMs going into battle at a Baoku, and then you got like the white dingoes using the best GMs you got in Australia, which seems of no strategic importance. <laughs> so I'm not sure that priorities were necessarily you know aligned well. 
Yeah, that's that's mine. Based on looks alone, I think this thing is far and above the best Federation mobile suit. And yeah, I really think they're pretty awesome looking too. The visor is what does it for me. That's it's so awesome how it like just drops down while they're flying to go fight the the comfort. Yeah, and then yeah. there's that cool pose. I think you can put that visor down and uh, set the shield up and put that sniper rifle on top of the shield. Use it as your sniper rifle stand. Pretty sweet. And they did recently release a, a master grade GM Sniper 2, which I think was, was something that fans wanted for a very long time. And they released one both in uh, the default colors, which is pretty easy to get and fairly inexpensive. But they also have a, a more exclusive version, uh, which is called a uh, P-Bandai kit. Uh, usually you have to import those. That's probably going to be at least double the price of the normal one, but it, would, it will come in the, in the white dingo color scheme. And I think it has a few extra gimmicks on the, on the guns or something like that. So. I definitely see it in your collection in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I already have one. It's uh, not oh, Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, you can always, you can never have too many of your favorite mobile suits. No. no. I might buy another one just in case they go out of print. Speaking of favorite mobile suits, my number one is the one, the only, the Dom. The Dom. The Dom. Dom, 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 dom. <laughs> Doms are awesome, and let me tell you why. Because <laughs> they can hover around, okay? They don't have to walk. They can just lift themselves off the ground and then, shh, you know, that cool noise they make as they fly around. <laughs> They're pretty much like the roller skating wherever they want to go, or rollerblading. <laughs> my, my one design flaw, though, if I could say, is that they, <laughs> they have, like, maybe the largest feet on any mobile suit on either side of any war <laughs> ever <laughs> it's like it's like just bell bottoms man goodness <laughs> the <They> circumference <laughs> of their feet i think is wider than like even accounting for their shoulders and upper body <laughs> that must be the only way the design could have worked right they need that much area to project lift so we can raise off the ground and then fly around <laughs> Yeah, that makes it's sense. All vents. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it definitely was a big mobile suit, and yeah. um, if you're not getting enough thrust to to make it hover, I guess you got to add more. And the only way to add more is to add more space. So I guess they made the feet bigger. <laughs> There's really only one direction this design could go. Yeah, lateral. You have to make those. <laughs> it's gonna be walking on pancakes and pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you're, so what you're telling me is that your uh, your ship, the King Space Pig, is gonna be full <laughs> of the hate elephant Juwagus and yeah. the, the pizza pancake terrors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dumps. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, I also like the face. I also thought the cross optical sensor was cool with its mono eye. It kind of raises some interesting questions, though. Like, if they needed the sort of up and down area <laughs> of that cross to raise the mono eye. Up and down? Does that mean the Zaku this whole time has had really <laughs> limited vision up and down? <laughs> you know, that could explain a lot. Yeah, it explains why Dom's performed so damn well <laughs> compared to Zaku's and well, turns maybe out if, Yoku's, but yeah. Turns out if you could look up and down, that's an advantage. Yeah, it's, it's great in war. <laughs> what else do I like about it? On paper, it outperforms the Zaku, no problem. It's not only faster, it has better armor, it does better in space, and it also has one of my favorite weapons 
on any mobile suit, and that is the Heat Saber, which is so awesome. There's this cool scene in Double Eighty Three where I think it's the first episode, maybe the Doms are attacking a Federation base, and it takes out its beam saber while it's hovering at high speed, and this poor gym pilot just stands still. <laughs> pulls out his gun and starts shooting at it and this heat saber just goes through him like a hot knife through butter you can even see like the kind of where it contacts and cleaves the the gm in half and it's it's all kind of melty molten metal and before it blows up it was really awesome yeah yeah the, the heat rod yeah. is the next evolution of the heat hawk right it was like Pretty much, yeah. you, you like this heat axe we'll give you <laughs> we'll give you just a whole sword made out of the, the heat rod material. Yeah. So. You know what, though? I only see them on Doms. I've never seen a Zaku or a Gelgu wield one. I don't even think a, a Goof has wielded one. Well, Goofs have plenty of weapons already. But, yeah, heat sabers, I think, were Dom issued only. The Dom also had that cool kind of blinder on its chest. The kind oh, of yeah. blind pilots, which was such a such a Xeon move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're going to build a standard weapon that, like, just blinds the enemy pilots so you can slaughter them at your will <laughs> at your leisure. And plus, how could we forget that the Doms gave us the Black Tri-Stars and the jet stream attack? There you go, yeah. You can't do that without the hover. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Do you have any favorite Dom variants? I, mean, I guess Absolutely. there's not that many, right? There's a few. Like, off the top of my head, there's the Rick Dom, right? The Dom Tropin, I think, is my favorite just because I saw that in 0083. It yeah. was pretty much just a regular Dom. Visually, it almost looks identical. The only difference is internally they made it, I think, better for arid and tropical climates. Did it also have slightly larger pant legs? It might have. I think for sure they definitely slapped some extra, like, turbines on its legs. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it went faster, but it visually had turbines on its legs this time. I love yeah. Xeon Engineering. Just add more thrusters. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're going to be executed if we don't pull this off. <laughs> All right, we'll just we'll slap four turbines on each leg. <laughs> Good to go. Call it an ace pilot suit. Send it out. Yeah. Paint it. Actually, if you watch Double Eighty Three, like the very first episode, the first ten minutes, I think we actually see Gato had a uh, custom uh, dom. So that's oh yeah, list. you're right. Look at this. Yeah. Oh, he did paint it. It's a it's his normal like blue and green. Interesting. That's when Delaz had to like run over to him and kind of slap him out of it. <laughs> Pull yourself yeah. together, man. <laughs> he used a Rick Dom uh, custom. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. The Doms lived on. There were many other mobile suits in Zeta and Double Zeta that that took on their their aesthetic. Even uh, I think in Unicorn, there's some that clearly look like they inherited some of the Dom's features. Pretty much the cross eye that lets you know that's kind of a Dom. Yeah, the cross eye was super unique. Yeah, it looked awesome. I liked it. Very yeah. very Cyclops-like. More so than the Zaku, the space pig. If you had to compare the Dom to an animal, what would it be? Ooh, damn. Oh, that's hard. Hmm. Now that I'm looking at it, the, the cross just really reminds me of like a Templar. Mm. Templar knight. You know, that's know. pretty cool. Well, I, I'd just go with Cyclops. It's like a supernatural kind of creature. Yeah. Still, still pretty visually intimidating. Every other Zeon mobile suit has the mono eye, but this one is the only one that doesn't have really any type of snout. It's just all a sensor. <laughs> all eye. No, yeah, it's just, no room for snout. <laughs> we're going to make sure our pilot can see everything. <laughs> it paid off. It was probably their best performing mobile suit. I mean, the uh, say, say what you will about the Galgu, but for something that's supposed to be a Gundam killer, it never really met up to that. But the the Dom any day of the week, I think, could take out a GM. 
All right. Well, that that was our list. That was our top five. Well, listeners, what's your top five for the one-year war? Remember, it doesn't have to be from the Federation only or Xeon only. You can cross over, mix and match. As long as it fought in the one-year war, it's a good game. Tell us your top five. Also, let us know how you felt about our top five. Did you uh, harshly judge us, or uh, did you <laughs> do you agree with us on maybe some of our picks? Are you, you yelling? <laughs> Are you yelling at this podcast right now? <laughs> what, what, what was your reaction when when Isaac said the Juwaku? <laughs> <laughs> Just Google it. All right. Just YouTube YouTube the Juwaku in combat. If enough said. if you can spell it. Yeah. J U A G G U. That's all you need to know. Uh, all right. So don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Colony Drop. See ya. Hail Zeon. Victory for Zeon. Peace. Hail Juwagu.